Next Chapter Podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts. Welcome to How I Got Greenlit, another wonderful episode <laughs> with another wonderful person. Right, Alex? Well, you're so nice. I, I would say I'm an above average person. Right, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> Today, Grace Patterson joins oh, us. Yes, her yeah, too. Yeah, our guest I is the wonderful person. I think he was talking person. about me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming, Grace. An actor, an yes. actor, actor. You are a uh, a businesswoman as well. Yes, you've done some, a fair share of producing, and you're you've helped on projects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I produced one film, and then a little bit of writing as well. But and you write, yes, yeah. you do write a newer thing, but yes. And we'll get into this, but and you're a business owner. You've started a, yes. your own clothing line, correct? Yeah, I'm like I just love adding more things to my plate. I'm like, I should stop. Grace, like, cut it out. But I'm like, let me do one more thing while I'm at it. <laughs> and you you can't stop because you literally, you sleep two hours a day. You have a wonderful, From we've worked together in the past and you've got a wonderful attitude and you either ingest large amounts of caffeine. How do you do it, Grace? Yeah, caffeine, actually, for sure. People always say, like, you have such a positive attitude. And I'm like, Celsius. There's a seemingly infinite number of energy drink brands out there, and Celsius might have appeared on your radar for the same reason it pinged up on ours, because it promises to offer something a little different. So what is that exactly, and how could it potentially improve your workouts? Have y'all had Celsius before? No. It's free advertising for Celsius. It's an energy drink. It's a healthy one. It's similar it's like a monster i guess or like a red bull but way oh, better yes i yes that is the that sweeping la right now uh, yeah have you so. have you tried it yeah it tastes like drinking like toothpaste that hurts really bad <laughs> that hurts like Wait. really bad that hurts really bad alex like i'm not kidding i packed i'm in kentucky shooting i packed a full extra suitcase just for Celsius. No, no, I, stop I, yes, it. Yes, and I would have done that when we filmed in Serbia, but I had no idea. I guess I always thought that they would explode on the plane, and then someone was like, "Oh no, you can check a bag and just like bring it with you." And this has been life changing for me. So now every time I film, I pack a full large suitcase because I order Wildberry flavor in bulk on Amazon uh, monthly. Prescription. Prescription. You're say prescription. Yeah, your monthly oh, prescription. No. Yeah. Not subscription. <laughs> yeah. Prescription. Prescription. And then, yeah, so I chug like two a day. <laughs> and so, where did your initial love of movies come from? Your, I mean, do you remember as, you know, being young or as a teenager when you first realized you're like, oh my God, I'm, I love what's going on here? Yeah. So it's actually so crazy. Before I had even been to LA, so we were repaving our driveway and I was probably like eight and I wrote in it, Grace loves Hollywood. It's still there today. And I had never been to LA. I was just obsessed with Hollywood for some reason. And I remember I asked for a camera when I was eight. I don't know what initiated it. I was just like, hey, I have to have a camera. I want to start like filming movies on the weekends. And my parents were like, okay, that's weird. But like, sure. 
And so on our like family compact on the 50 acres, it's my house. And then my dad's brother is the house right by us. And my cousin, Marissa, who's like one of my best friends ever, we're very close in age. And we decided to start making short films. So I was eight, she was seven. And every single weekend, we would start writing like a short film. And then I have four siblings. She has four siblings. We would force... We had like a production team. We would force all of them, all of our siblings, and they hated it (laughs) to engage in our short films. And so we would like film them. She would edit them. And so we have literally like hundreds of home movies. And then we would have family premieres of the films and get... We would make like t-shirts and we would charge like... I would charge like $30 a ticket to come to our... It was high, but I like, you know, I was a hustler. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to make a buck. And of course my parents wanted to see the movies we were making. And so then we would sell t-shirts. Like, so we did one called flying girls and we edited it. So it looks like we're like flying through the pasture and we would sell like shirts that say like flying girls, number two. And we did like bananas. And I had my brother off camera throwing bananas, like bananas are falling from the sky, taking over the world. We did a remake of Twilight. I played Jacob. I transform into a wolf in the movie. So we bought a wolf costume and I like jump and transform. Like it was just like, my parents were like, she is so weird, but like, she's not in trouble. Like I, this continued from like eight to literally like 17. I, I was obsessed and that's all I did. And they were like, she doesn't really have a lot of friends. She's not into boys. She's literally just making these crazy movies. But like, I guess she's not in trouble. So we'll just like, let it keep happening. Let and it then ride. When, let it ride. And then when I was 12, I guess I realized like, oh, I could like maybe be in other people's movies. And so I was like, hey, I want to do acting. And my parents are like not in the industry at all. And they were like, well, we don't know anything about that. But if you figure, if you line up everything, we'll drive you there. That's it. Like, we're not going to really help you do this. We have no idea what this is, but we'll give you a ride. So at 12, I literally like got online and I Googled like headshots, resumes, demo reels, and since I was so young, it's funny because a little bit of my research is off. I made this thing called a video resume and it's me performing a monologue. And it, I had it on a DVD disc and I mailed it to like hundreds of agencies. Of, and I put Grace Patterson's video resume. And it's like, what is a video resume? But I was doing my best, you know, at 12 to like figure out what I needed to do. But I ended up lining up agency meetings. I lined up my headshots. I ended up doing a demo reel and my parents were just like, I mean, she's like, literally I was calling photographers and lining everything up at 12. And then I, I got my first agent. I lined up three meetings. My parents drove me and they're like, we have no clue. She, she lined us up and then I got signed. And yeah, it was, I was just always obsessed with this. Like it, I had an acting coach say like actors are born, not made. And I really feel like this was just put in me and I had, I had no choice but to do it. It just was flowing out of you. It was just flowing out of me, yeah. So you're telling me the cockamamie disc worked? (laughs) Well, no. All those people like basically got... Well, I guess it worked for one of the agencies. But I I mailed it to like... I remember... I don't know if it was really Disney Channel, but I remember like somehow I got someone's phone number at Disney Channel. I was obsessed with Disney Channel and I called and I was like, hey, I really want to be on Disney Channel. I don't know if it was actually them. And they were like, um sweetie, like you really need to get your agent to call. And it was before I had an agent. I was like, I don't have an agent. <laughs> she was like, I'm so sorry. Like you're, you're young. You need to get your parents to help you or something. I was like, they won't help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was like, so, go. I was harassing so many people. Like I'm scared. 
one day the video resume is going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there somewhere. But by the way, that there's this subcategory, Ryan, because that's how South Park got started. Oh. Was uh was like a weird. Little, I mean, this was pre. Yeah, they sent was, out the Jesus it was a video. It was well. Here's the story. It was created. It was custom created for George Clooney. He had seen their work, some short film or something. Called him up and said, "Hey, I'll give you five grand. Will you make a funny video for Christmas so I can send my friends?" So they did, and then he sent it around. He sent tapes to people, and they were like holy shit, what's this? And started copying them and sending them out as well. Oh. And then eventually like Comedy Central came a calling. Oh. So, yeah. I'm I mean, pretty sure I saw that in the copy, saw that. copy and paste phase of yes. that before the show came out. I'm almost yes. positive I saw that. <laughs> yes. Like back when you would share, you'd be like, dude, I have this videotape and it was like Faces of Death. Right. And like um, the Casey Kasem shut the fuck up, like secret up, hidden audio. Like there was no YouTube. It was just a weird like, hey, man, check this. Underground shit. video. Hey, man. Well, well, it just shows you sent out hundreds and you got one. Sometimes yeah. that's, that's, and that's exactly kind what of the ratio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's good and bad, I guess, about this is that as we talk to different people and their ways in, it's like we're trying to uh, share hopefully share knowledge to people that want to do this. But it almost seems like every story we hear is sort of specific to the time. Like the way that you break in is sort of based on like the world that you're inhabiting at that moment and the business and the world changes so fast, especially with technology, right? I mean, even Ryan and I have been doing this for a while and we've seen, I don't know, four different formats like come and go where you Mm. can consume the the same movie that we've been trying to make you know and so even like i mean if we were starting out now Ryan, are you talking like, about like beta laser disc vhs it, 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 yeah 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 Blue, uh, like yeah. dvd streaming, blu-ray right? like like uh, i guess i Grace have to buy the white back. album again that's what i'm saying like i made a joke the other day this guy was like yeah and then it came out on blu-ray i'm like blu-ray what's that you know but like there is something to be, I mean, I buy really Blu-rays because I'm a nerd, but like the ones that I want to keep pristine. Right. And I'm kind of seeing like, that's a good move because Mm -hmm. streamers don't always have what I want. I have a very specific kind of sinuous taste. It's not just like another Mark Wahlberg movie. Right. And they kind of like put them on and off at whim. So there is something cool about owning your own media, but I'm just saying in terms of what you did, like you sent out a physical, you mailed a physical disc, like Ryan and I would mail. Yeah. Our, our reels would be on disc or I mean, mine was on tape and certainly like scripts, you'd mail physical Mm -hmm. scripts to people. Yeah. My first reel was on three quarter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which does not exist at all anymore. Yeah. Like what is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you probably don't even know what that is. It's like a giant like suitcase. It's like a video. It's like what? a joke videotape that you make for an incredible shrinking woman movie. They like used it, to be in every. If you look in the background of every yes. movie about newspapers yes. and television yes. in the eighties <laughs> or nineties, you'll see this giant. Did you ever see broadcast news? Broadcast news, the movie. Yeah, uh-uh, no. yeah, even that's too old, right? But yeah, it was it was like a higher uh, resolution videotape than people could have at home. So it was for broadcast and things like 
So Grace, you talk about having this love for Hollywood or wanting to be on Disney Channel. Do you remember watching movies with your family? Did you guys go to the cinema together? Did you or the movie theater together? Did you guys, you know, bring it down a notch? Cinema. Uh, did you go to the movie theaters? Did you do you remember watching movies and trying to recreate them? Or do you remember having a love for specific movies when you were younger other than Twilight? Yeah, yeah. I loved horror movies. So that's um me and my dad would watch horror movies together. That was kind of our thing. Like I it was the first horror movie I watched and it freaked me out. Like I was so scared to take a shower because when the clown comes out of the shower. <laughs> I was like terrified. Which it was this. Was this the, the original? Well, it was the Tim Curry one you're talking yeah. about, right? The Manny series. He was good. I mean, people forget the new one's great, but he was the new good. one isn't. I mean, yeah, I, I like the original better. So that, and then we watched like the Chucky's, the Ch- all. I saw all the Chucky movies. I was like way too young to be watching. How old were you? When like your dad 10, was exposed like, to Chucky. Yeah, no, wow. I was like watching them, you're and I was, so I was terrified. You, that's why you're messed up. That's, That's why, why I'm you're crazy. jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified of dolls for so long. I remember my parents got me a life size doll for Christmas. And in the middle of the night, I thought it was trying to kill me. And so I literally grabbed it and chunked it down our stairs. <laughs> and then it just like shattered everywhere. For life. I was like, Oh, it so shattered. Down. Yeah, it was like a porcelain uh, doll. Yeah, porcelain one. And it just I thought it was gonna kill me in the night. And so I it did definitely like leave last. <laughs> I'm still scared of dolls. I can't really, I couldn't sleep in a room with the doll still to this day, probably. Mm, but I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then like the final destinations we would watch. Like, I don't know. We just, I don't know why they let me watch them. But yeah, me and my dad, that was our thing. We would just watch horror movies. And most of the films that I made as a kid were horror movies, which probably was also really scary to my family. I know this was a, this is like the craziest story. We were doing this horror movie. It's called Pie. And I was like a serial killer in the movie because they I wasn't invited to the party. And I brought pie and they say like, no, you're a loser. You can't come to our party. So I bust into the party with my pie and I start like killing everybody in the party. And so I had my sister pretend... Well, she was supposed to be pretending to call 911 in the movie. And she accidentally like actually called 911. And so we didn't know. We just keep filming and we have like ketchup everywhere. You know, I have like a knife in my hand with like ketchup. We have my brother laying on the ground like he was like murdered in the film and then our front door is busted down and it's a cop and he's literally like like sweating and he's terrified he thinks someone's being murdered in our house so I guess he had been knocking and we didn't hear him and so then my parents come down and the cop's like oh my gosh what's going on and my parents are like we're so sorry our kids are so weird they're filming a murder movie. Oh and, my God. and he's like, literally like, what? He's like, I'm just so glad that no one's actually being murdered. I was so worried. He has like a gun. He's like, literally so scared. And my mom's like, okay, so like, we're just so sorry. Our kids are so weird. And like, I'm just like holding up like a butcher knife and there's like ketchup everywhere. I'm like, Hey, I'm so sorry. We got to get back to filming. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. So my parents like went through it with us, like doing these like really terrifying movies. <laughs> and they're like, we don't know how to feel about this, but you turned out like, nor- I guess not really normal, but fine. But, um, yeah. <laughs> they supported you through the whole thing. To a certain extent, like whenever I was, they, they would like my parent, my mom really pushed me to do dance. Like I was, a, you know, a professional cheerleader and I danced in college and, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to yeah. that. Yeah, it's funny because I hated dance. Like I didn't want to do it, and I wanted to quit and I focus on acting. 
I didn't want to do it. I didn't. I was like always trying to quit and I wanted to focus on acting. And my parents were like, you know, you can do it on the side, but they, they would make me miss auditions if I had a dance thing. Like dance very much had to come first. And I wanted to be homeschooled. And I read like, I think Emma Stone made a PowerPoint for her family, like to let her move to LA. And I would try to do that. I would make PowerPoints. Like, this is why I need to move. And it never worked. They would just be like, no, we're not moving. You're one of four kids. The world doesn't revolve around you. And I'm like, why is the PowerPoint not working? So I made like multiple PowerPoints. They want it. They let me pursue it to a certain extent, but they were like, at a, they were like, no, you can't actually go to LA. Hollywood's scary. Like you're young. Yeah. And so I had to like, miss a couple auditions and I would like sob when they made me miss auditions like why won't anybody let me really pursue this because they didn't think that it was possible to make a living doing this but they did they also did still support me and they let you make horror movies and and explore (laughs) your creative side so then you get into dance and it's not exactly what you want to be doing but it is kind of your first foray into entertainment in a way right so you get through high school, you dance through high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did my drill team and then competitive dance on the side. Did you go to college after that? Yes. And did you go to college in Texas? Yeah, I went to University of North Texas in Denton. And then I did the dance team there. And were you a cheerleader for them as well? Yeah. Is that when you got mm-hmm. into cheerleading or were you in cheerleading in high school? It's sort of like cheerleading, but it's really, it's the dance team, but we look like cheerleaders because we, we dance with pom-poms. So they're pretty similar. We just don't slip. So I'd have no skills like leaving the ground. Like everything stays <laughs> no, on no, the ground. No aerial, no aerial no, skills? No, no aerial skills. But pro professional cheerleading, which I did during at my last year of college, is really just dance. Like you don't flip. It's just dancing with pom-poms. But now it's called cheerleading. I don't know why. So really, I'm just like the dancer. But yeah. <laughs> Do cheerleaders and dancers not like each other? Is it sharks and jets? Is there some like professional hate going on between those two groups that none of us are aware of? Not in college. I feel like we were all really close. In high school, I think yes, because it's different in a lot of high schools. In my high school, drill team was the loser thing to do. And so the cheerleaders were popular. They had all the boyfriends. Drill team, we had red lipstick on slicked back hair and like weird cowgirl hats and we were just like not looking cute and so it was just really a nerd it was a nerdy it was a really nerdy thing to do and then my mom was like trust me in college like dance team's gonna be the cool thing and I like was like I don't believe you like I'm the loser and then she was right in college the dance team's like the the cool thing to do like we had cute skirts and like crop tops and like cowgirl boots and we had like cuter dance moves because my high school was a small private high school. So we couldn't even do like a chest bump or, you know, a hair flip. Everything was like, we have to keep it very conservative. So she was right. (laughs) So where does flag core end up in that group? Did you guys have flag core? Were they even more, were they even more down the totem pole there on the social level? Not at my high school. We didn't have that, but I think that they technically are. We, my sister was actually the twirler. We only had one twirler and she would go out there and like twirl fire and then by herself. And then, but she always like, is like the one, the, the lone wolf. Like she always does her own thing. She follows her own beat of the drum. And yeah. So how did you get into, because your first kind of professional where you got paid to be an entertainer was through, through dance, right? Yeah. So can you talk about that? 
Yeah. So my last two years of college, actually, our director for a college team ended up like leaving. And so I was like, I just don't think it's going to be the same experience cheering for my college anymore. So I did a semi-pro hockey team, Allen Americans. And that's actually where, where I met Christy Fisher, my best friend and business partner um, now. So I'm so glad that I did that. And then... You can give her you can give her full name. Give her full credit because you guys Christy are like... Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. You're, that's Christy your best Fisher friend in the whole world, that. right? Yeah, of course. And yeah, she's amazing. Anyone who follows you will see Christy Fisher. Yes, I know. My mom's like, it looks like y'all are dating. I'm like, she's just my best friend. Like, <laughs> we're like always together. <laughs> you guys are marketing fools. Business. You are business fools too. You guys are gunning every moment of the day. She has. She matches your energy. Is that correct? Oh, oh, for sure. She's like the best person ever. And so I'm yeah, so you, thankful you have a real that part, I did that. You have a real partner there. Yeah, like a real yeah, business partner. Oh yeah, we work out everything. Like it's the best. It's the most healthy relationship ever. Like we always say that because even when we argue, we're like, "How does that make you feel?" Okay, I get it. And then we just like hash it out so quickly. Her therapist was like, "You need to marry someone like Grace." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know. I was like, "That's how you know our relationship is healthy." It's therapist approved. But yeah, a- Alex, Alex, did you hear that? Yes. Did you hear that? Therapist approved. Y'all have the same. Oh, it's so yeah, so similar, almost exactly. Just, but are you just Celsius junkies together? Is this? Oh yeah, the, Celsius junkies. Does um, she drink she, Celsius? She does, but not like me. She's like she likes coffee. She doesn't freeze it, and snort it. So that's. <laughs> so you met your best pal in the world, and mm-hmm. then and you're cheering for a minor league uh, hockey team, correct? Yeah. And then I did Dallas Stars right after that the next year. You move, you basically moved to the majors. You you were yeah. in the major leagues. You were cheering yeah. for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, which was that actually was super fun. But I ended up leaving a little bit early because we made it to playoffs. And this was whenever I was like, I have to move to LA because I had like an experience that I just basically I had quit acting at this point because I was just like Whoa, whoa, know, whoa, 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 whoa. Huh? You can't just gloss over this. Okay. You're dancing and you've decided to give up the, you've given up the dream. You're not, you were, you, how did you make that decision? Because so my first two years in college, I was dancing school and then also trying to do acting. And it was just a lot like juggling all of it. And I couldn't go to a lot of my auditions because of dance. And, you know, I, I wanted to move to LA and everybody was telling me it's impossible. And I almost just hated acting so much because I, I loved it so much. And I was just like, I hate that I love this and it's just breaking my heart. And I just have to like, let it go because this is not going to happen. And yeah. And I, I I quit. I I did not know. Yeah. And I had a boyfriend at the time too. And I had like got pinned for a movie where I was going to have to kiss somebody else. And like, he wasn't cool with that. And like, at that time I was, maybe engaged. So I was just like, you know, I don't want to like, I can't do that. You know, I can't do this movie where I'm going to kiss somebody else. So like all that stuff. So I was just like, I just need to quit. It's like, I, I, I can't pursue this any longer. You've so been I doing quit. this. You've been making movies and and acting for your family and charging <laughs> exorbitant yeah. amounts for years. <laughs> and you, yeah. you're in, you're in, uh, you're, what, do you remember what year in college you were? Were you like a, um, junior, a sophomore. sophomore? Yeah. And so then I had quit and 
you do you remember making the decision you remember making this decision i am not going to pursue this anymore do you remember that very succinctly? i I told my agent don't submit me anymore wow yeah yeah i i I was just like yeah because i was like this is like not the this life is too crazy like i'm gonna have more of a family life like get married and like live in texas like this is just this is just like what I need to be doing. But I had so much like deep sadness in me. And I like never knew why. I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I just need to like get over this. Was it, were you crushed? Like, do you remember it lingering for a long time? I would think that I, I that had, would be crushing. Yes. I had so much, so much deep sadness in me. And well then, okay. So then I was cheering for the Dallas stars and like, yeah, there was just something missing inside of me. And I was just trying to fill it with everything else. Like, and so then, yeah, Celsius was filling, <laughs> filling the void, filling the void. But then, okay, so then a producer I'd worked with was like, can you come do this like one day scene? Uh, one, It's literally one scene for one day. And I was like so mad because I was like done with acting. And I'm like, oh, like I have, I have stars practice. I really can't. He's like, I'll get you out by 3 p.m. So you have time to make it to practice. Was this a local thing? Yeah, this was in Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a local job, just like literally from like 9 a.m. to 3, like very quick. Like, and I was like so mad that I had to do it. I remember being like, oh, like I just, okay, fine, I'll do it. But I'm so mad that I have to do this. And I went there and I was like, okay, I have to be out by three. Like I have practice. And I did the scene and I got in my car to go drive to Stars Practice and I literally busted out in tears. And I was just like sobbing. And I'm like, I love this so much. Like I have to do this. And I like called my dad and I was just sobbing like, dad, like you don't understand. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I have to go do this. Like I have to do this. Like I can't, I can't keep pretending that I don't love this. And he was like, you've been talking about this since you were nine. Like, I feel like you have to do this too. And so then literally within like four days, I was like, I'm going to quit stars and I'm going to move to LA. And my family, no one was supportive. My mom was like, you're not doing that. That's crazy. You have to get you. We, I thought this was over with. And my dad's like, no, like let's, she has to go do this. Like we need to give her support. You know, she's been talking about this forever. So I went to my director and we had made it to playoffs. And I said, Hey, I'm moving to LA April 7th. I'm not going to be here for playoffs. I'm so sorry, but like, I can't explain how I feel. But I have, I literally like, I, I, this has been calling me my whole life. I have to go try this. And I hadn't even acted in two years, but like that day, it was just the moment that I knew that I would regret this. I knew that I had to go. I had to go. And so then within like two months, I was out in LA, <laughs> basically. You know, professionally, you're getting paid. And I, I, I don't, I, I would think it's not that much because they never paid the dance yeah. team very much at Dallas. Really, but, yeah. but, but you are living life. You're at the pinnacle of dancing for a professional, uh, a pro team, and yeah. you're they're going to the playoffs, and you're like, mm-hmm. if I go one way, this is my life here in Texas, and if I go the other yeah. way, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling the dice. Yeah, and that's was kind of always the battle, and like I do still feel that sometimes because my life, you know, it did seem probably pretty perfect to like a lot of people, like professional cheerleading. I had like a really nice boyfriend from Texas. Like I had like this whole picture perfect thing, but I was so miserable. And and I knew that I had everything that most people would want, but it just wasn't what I wanted. Um, and I like was thinking like, will I, you know, regret kind of like burning my old life to the ground and like going for a completely new one. And 
I don't regret it. I'm glad. <laughs> but yeah, I know it was a big decision. And your dad was like, my girl's got to go do this. Yeah. My dad was literally my biggest support. He's like, you, you've been talking about this. And he's like, if I have to hear you talk about this one more time, he's like, you just got to do it. Cause I'm going to be kill myself. Like you talking about this every single day for 20 years. I'm like, okay, let's just go do this. And now like, now they believe that's the crazy thing is they thought like I was so crazy, but now they can see me on TV and now they're like, Hey, maybe she's not so crazy after all. And that is insane to me. And it feels so amazing to, for them to finally believe officially that I'm not insane. <laughs> right. You, like you have people who you've actually said, this is my plan and I'm going to go do my plan. And they're like, okay. And then, but you can always come home if you want to. And then you actually right. go out and, and knock it out of the park. And then, and then they really get on your, they're really open to really see the improvement to them. Hey everyone, before we go any further, I just wanted to say that some of our favorite movies here are comedies. There's another show from Next Chapter Podcast that we think you might like called Midnight Public Radio. Created by the Washington, D.C. comedy troupe, the Midnight Gardeners League, Midnight Public Radio is a podcast for everyone who has a love-hate relationship with NPR. Sick and tired of all those horrifyingly depressing reports on climate change and boring human interest pieces on the guy who invented the ceiling fan? Like This American Life on Acid, Midnight Public Radio takes the world of stuffy intellectual broadcasting and shoves it through a gonzo meat grinder of semi-improvised sketches covering different aspects of our world. Featuring absurd characters and segments about things like illegal caterpillar racing, death conventions, and a riot at an old folks' home, this is a show for everyone who's ever thought all things considered has a stick up its ass. War, sports, the culinary arts. MPR has it all. Listen to Midnight Public Radio wherever you get your podcasts or go to midnightgardenerscomedy.com to learn more. Now back to the show. So you moved to LA and Mm -hmm. did your parents help you move to LA? Did you pack a car? Did you like, what did you do? (laughs) So my dad's such an angel. My dad drove a U-Haul with all my stuff 24 hours. And me and my mom were like, we're going to catch a plane. We'll meet you in Los Angeles. So we flew and then he drove 24 hours with every... My dad's literally my best friend, the nicest, most best guy ever. And he, yeah, he drove it for me. Did it all for me. So sweet. (laughs) Did you have an apartment picked out or did you just show up not knowing anything and just finding a place and... Cause I showed up, I showed up and I slept on the floor for six months on somebody's floor. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. An ex-girlfriend that I still stayed in touch with one of her roommates, one of her roommates, her sister lived out here and was an artist and she lived with her boyfriend in a house, a really nice house in Santa Monica. And they allowed me to sleep in their living room. And uh, that's how I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just showed up. I had never slept on the floor anywhere except passed out drunk at a party. Maybe. That was it. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, had you visited LA before that? Oh yeah. Yes, I had. I had previously. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I was yeah. like, this so- is where I want to live. I stood on the Santa Monica <laughs> pier and, but, and on a previous trip and said, I, in two years, I'm moving here. This is where, oh, where I'm supposed that. to be. Grace, you land in Los Angeles. Yes. yes. 
and you got to you got to roll right away and boom you're a star that was it the no. end end of show <laughs> yes that's all that happened no actually actually it's crazy because like i was so mad that i was forced to dance so much like for my childhood and not pursue acting but it actually is how i got started so it all came back around so now i tell my mom like thank you so much for being a dance mom because basically this producer i had known knew that I did professional cheerleading and they were coming up to do two lifetime movies, killer cheerleader and pom-pom murders. And he called me, he's like, Hey, could you choreograph the dances for these movies? And I was like, if you give me a role, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like negotiation. Right. And then he, he was like, I mean, yeah, we could probably, I guess we could probably do that. You can be like the girl who just dies in the movie. And I was like, that's totally fine. I'm in. And so then I did, I die in Killer Cheerleader. And then they did Pom Pom Murders. I was like, hey, I'll choreograph again. But this time I want a little bit of a bigger role. And so I still die, but my character was a little bit bigger. But it's funny because they didn't really think I was like an actress because I hadn't really done anything. So I could tell they were all like a little bit nervous on set. Like, okay, but Grace has lines. Like, can she do this? Because I had it. Yeah, no one. They just thought of me as like the choreographer, not like an actress. And so then that's how I got started with the Lifetime movies because of that. So dance got me in. And then I did Who's Killing the Cheerleaders. I've done so many cheerleader movies at this point. Mostly violence against cheerleaders. Yeah, there's either the, the, there's a lot of killing or being killed by cheerleaders. Yes. Yes. I did Cheer for Your Life. That one I live. (laughs) Who's Killing the Cheerleaders. I don't die either, but I do get kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) so i've never met a professional cheerleader what do you think are you treated differently when you when you have the palms in your hand like are you do men and women react to you differently than if you're just wearing i think this is a very I, i think this is a very good question yeah it's for sure i mean they it's a weird scene like we would do like bikini calendar shoots. And then like, even for college, our college team, if a girl was just pretty and she couldn't really dance, they would take her. They'd put you her know? in the back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they put her in exactly. the back and we had to do mm-hmm. makeovers. Like we, you know, we had to get spray tans every week. She would make girls change their hair colors. I had like eyelash <gasps> oh extensions, but it's kind of a, something that's hard to like sweat off. Cause now, you know, I spent so long with like hair extensions, eyelash extensions, spray tans every week. And everything was just like a, so focused on looking at Beauty, beautiful. As yes, yeah. That was like, everything was put into that. Days. Yes. And that's kind of like why I had quit acting because everybody was like, you should just like, you know, get married basically and get a guy to take <laughs> care of you. And like, that's what you should just do. Like stop trying so hard for everything. And it's like, that's but what all the girls want to do. Cause there's like, You've done exactly. Here's my the other op- question. Exactly I, I said, I said male I gaze, but aren't other women also the enemy in some of these situations? Aren't they perpetuating this shitty stereotype? Like, yeah, yeah. The director older, are- and is it older women who are like, well, that's what I had to go through, or are they just retrograde, like from different cultures, and they think like that's all their worth is? Like, mm-hmm. who are these women that are perpetuating shitty? female stereotypes like why and why do it you know why did so many people so many women vote for trump why did so many women let's talk about it no i'm curious i mean how did why does you know like why if women stuck together they would run the world no that's what my dad always says but for some reason like but they they, 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 it's the crab bucket they're in the crab bucket right yeah 
Yeah, I I don't like honestly all the director, which is actually some of the feedback I've gotten with doing the choreography for the cheer movies I've done. All the girls have come up to me after and been like, because a lot of them have done have experience in dance or cheer, and they're like, I've never had a fun experience doing dance or cheer, but you have made my experience so fun. Like I was so stressed to have to learn cheers, and they thought I would be crazy because most of the directors and cheer coaches are crazy, and so for me to come and be like oh yeah, if y'all don't feel like doing the kick today, we'll just change it to a passe, no big deal, whatever. Like, let's just have fun. And they're like, wait, what? Like, that is so not how the world, it, like the cheer and dance world are. No, but it's not just the cheer and dance world. Yeah, it's just like women. It's every, it's every social situation. There's this lack mentality, like, no, I'm the hot one in the office. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I know that, that it definitely is. I don't like to live my life like that. Like I'm very much a girl's girl and like I want to bring all girls together, which is why I started my company. And like definitely one of my missions is to bring women together and not tear them apart because I think, yeah, society just wants that. They don't want us to be on the same team. They want it to be a competition. And yes. I just hate that because I really root for my friends and it's always really heartbreaking when I'm like really invested into a friend and then I realize oh they like actually just hate me <laughs> you know, for, like, just for your fucking breathing yeah, right like your hurts. face offends me like yeah. i can't change it i know but i still want to put a fucking frying pan through it yeah, yeah i mean it's really that, i yes i've known very beautiful women and they're like there's a bias and i can't yeah. complain about it because they're like shut up you're beautiful yeah you know yeah, yeah. it's real wow. it's real it is i don't know how we fixed it but you know i'm I'm trying my best and like my, through blood my and fire. Blood oh, sorry. And that, fire. Was, that was game. of That's how game of Thrones <laughs> solves everything through blood and fire. That's the only way. <laughs> so thank you. I mean, you know, it's a strange, strange thing. And when you're a young man, you're like, Oh, cheerleaders. They're like princesses, yeah. you know? And then you get older and you're like, and then I have a daughter and I'm like, mm, you know, and she's a dancer. Oh, really? And I had to say, yeah, she's dancing in New York. Like she's going for it. Wow. And I said, and I had to say to her, like, do you really want to do this? Are you kidding me? I've wanted to do it since I was six. Are you paying attention? I'm like, yes. Okay. I'm just asking. And I said, can we have the conversation? And she's like, well, what's that? I'm like, what are you going to do when some bitchy choreographer tells you you're too short, you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. And she said, tell them to fuck off and then vilify them on social media until they're fired and then sue the company that owns, that owns them. Because you raised her right. 2022. I'm like, yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> Wait, is she doing ballet? What is she doing? In New York? No, no. She said that's mostly ballet. She's doing like modern and, and jazz and stuff. So she's like, that shit still perpetuates in ballet. And tell me if I'm wrong. This is what she told me. She's mm -hmm. like, that bullshit still perpetuates into ballet. Yeah. Mostly it's gone. But yes, it still exists. And by the way, you don't think I've heard that shit for the last 10 years? Yeah. I'm like, well, you never told me. She's like, because I told him to piss off. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You don't yeah. want your baby to move to New York and be like, whatever, dad. I smoke cigarettes and, and snort coke. That's no. my diet. Fuck yeah. you, man. No, no, you know? no dad wants to see their daughters go through that. Right. It's tough. Yeah, ballet is very like that. I think pro yeah. cheer ballet. I think the dancing in LA because Christy does dance there. They're not so much about body type. Like they're more like let's add curvy girls in. LA is like kind of 
a step ahead, I feel, for the dance industry there. Um, I'm not sure about ballet, but for like jazz and like, you know, dancing for like music artists and stuff like that, they're usually more open to different body types. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So that's, that's your superhero origin story. <laughs> yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> so Grace, you did these lifetime shows and I'm sure if our audience isn't aware of these, but lifetime has a, a stamping factory where they produce, where they stamp <laughs> out these shows <laughs> like license yeah. plates. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not, not mocking it. I'm not mocking it. Good model. business model, no, yeah. smart business they model. They, they, how do we do it? Volume, and the baby. People can't get enough. They cannot get how enough. How popular would you say you are among the lifetime viewers who, because your movie isn't, the movies that you make for them are in circulation, correct? Like we might be going into yeah. a season where we're going to see your face a lot on Lifetime, right? Because yeah. we're in, we're getting into September, October. Lifetime, lifetime. We're about ready to. And did you get into the Christmas side? You're doing Christmas right now, right? Uh, I haven't. No, the one I'm doing right now is a sorority movie. I haven't done a Christmas one yet. I was pinned for one recently, but it didn't go through. So I, I would like to. It just like hasn't hasn't happened yet. But would you say you have a following, or you have you yes. have because of your lifetime performances? Is that oh, correct? For sure, I get like so many messages like. For example, a guy yesterday messaged me that his dad had passed away and his bonding with his mom has been them watching Lifetime movies together. And he's like watched all my Lifetime movies what? with his mom. Yeah. And it's been like their thing to That's bond over their dad. So dad. not I creepy know. where I thought I, some of that was going to go <laughs> creepy for sure. No, like honestly, I get like a lot of sweet messages like that because they're just a fun watch. I mean, I know I grew up actually watching Lifetime movies with my mom and grandma. That was kind of our thing. We would just like hang out and watch Lifetime movies because they're just an easy, easy, fun watch. And so I get a lot of messages similar to that, which are super sweet. None of it's actually ever creepy. It's all really Do you positive. think it's supplanted soap operas in our oh, sort of like good, popular culture landscape? That's a good question. Because it... A lot of my female friends and lovers and whatever of a certain age, maybe a little bit older than you, they would do that with their moms. They would they would be like, oh, we're like obsessed with General Hospital. It's yes. our thing that we share. Yeah. Um, I feel like Lifetime movies now are that. Yeah. It's the guilty, just bonding like, and you know, by like minute 20, like, the husband isn't who he appears yes. in minute 40. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. <they're>, <laughs> it's exactly, like, it's very calming. Getting. Like, you know what you're getting. You're yeah. on a ride. Yeah. It's like my daughter loves procedurals like Law mm -hmm. and Order. And, and she's like, because I know the bad guy always gets it in the end. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you're not, you're not looking to be challenged. You're looking to be on like a, it's like, it's a small world. I've been on it a hundred times, but I'll go on it because it's like, oh, it's it's comforting. It's like yeah. comfort food. Do yeah, you, I think that's exactly how it is. Do you watch Lifetime movies, Grace? Do you watch your movies that you're in? Uh, I haven't watched all of If I go, I only, I will never watch it with my friends. The only time I've watched my movies <laughs> is if I'm home and my parents like force me because they just like keep them playing. Then <laughs> Wait, I they've will. got them on a loop? <laughs> They've got like a wall of monitors. They just, just like, always have them. And my grandma, like, because a Aww. lot of my movies replay on Lifetime. And I'm not kidding. Every time, like almost 
at least twice a week, my grandma texts in our family group, Grace is on Lifetime at 7 p.m. Pom Pom Murders. And she just <laughs> always sends the live updates. And I'm like, y'all have already seen it, but her and my grandpa just watched them. Actually, I was home recently and my grandma told me, she's like, when I mean my Gracie fix, I just put on your movies and it's been making me watch less news, which has been like really good for me. <laughs> and like, she's just like watching my lifetime movies over. I'm like, Hey gal, you don't have to keep watching them. We already know like <laughs> right. what happens in the movie. <laughs> and how are the residuals that roll in from those lifetime movies? Um, so none. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I knew that was going to be, so to, none. To, to be truth, to be truthful. I knew that was going to be the answer. And yeah. it, maybe that's something we should talk about. What do you think, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, it, it seems like, and, and this goes to what we were talking about of how, if you're in this business long enough, you, you see a little bit of everything. Yeah. When, when Ryan and I started, we were at the coming in at the tail end of the glory period of mailbox money, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, passive income that the actors, the writers, the producers would receive ad infinitum because there was still a model of reruns, mm-hmm. right? And Lifetime is one of the few that because their model is so formulaic, you can watch one from 10 years ago and really not like key in if it was made yesterday or whatever, right? Because yeah. it's just on brand. So it used to be, you know, the, what's, what's the famous story? Larry David, right? Or, or Jerry Seinfeld or the Friends cast, right? They, they, they got this incredible payday when they were doing it. And, but now they've probably made more than they ever did before. And now with the coming of streaming, with the coming of different business models, with the, as we've said, the death of DVDs and sort of ancillary income, it's sort of mostly a line item business. Pay for play. Okay. You get pay for play. You Mm -hmm. get your salary, you show up, you do your job and that's it. Yeah. And yeah, the deals will still say, and you get 3% and then that just never amounts to shit. Yeah. Right. And that's the old joke of Hollywood accounting where here's my story on that is that I did a project with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and their partner who all did Goodwill hunting together. And their deal was if this little indie movie makes over a hundred million, we all get a million dollars. And so Harvey Weinstein was like, sure, of course, no problem. And it made like 300. It was like a, you know, $8 million movie that made like $300 million. So there's like, well, we know it's in profit. And, and, and the Weinsteins were like, you know, it's not. We're having the toughest time with this math. Oh, God. You know? And screwed them out of a million dollars, even though they clearly wow. could have written the check, right? Yeah. So it kind of comes down to that. That's part one of our interview with the talented Grace Patterson. Next week, we continue our discussion with her and learn more about her journey in entertainment. We also talk about her love for the 2016 thriller Hush by director Mike Flanagan. Check out past episodes with interviews featuring writer Chap Taylor and director Nadine Crocker. They can be found right here where you are listening right now or on Apple, Spotify, and all the other fun places where podcasts hang out. Join Alex Collegian and I next time on How I Got Greenlit. Thanks, everyone. Next Chapter Podcasts.